At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Incline, your Dodgers podcast for Dodgers talk, rumors, updates, and everything Dodgers. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm David Rosenthal. I'm Ian Nielsen. We're your host, and this podcast is powered by Dodgers Lowdown. And without further ado, it's let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is up, everyone? We're finally back. Thank you for listening to The Incline. This is Kevin Klein here. I'm joined with David today. David, how's it going? Good, Kevin. Uh, ready for these guys to make a deal already. Uh, but I think there'll be a season regardless, so just trying to be patient. I feel you on that. And we're also joined by a special guest today. You might recognize him from the Let's Be Frank podcast one of the most popular Dodgers podcasts out there. It's Frank Martinez. How you doing, Frank? I'm good, man. Really appreciate you having me. Excited to jump on and, and talk as much baseball as we possibly could talk. Yeah, I feel you for sure. I feel like this is a long time coming. We definitely were trying to do an episode together before the season started, but due to obvious reasons, there was a delay. But we're finally doing it now in the month of June. <laughs> Here we go. Who knew, who knew we'd still beat the season in June? Yeah. yeah, it sucks. All right, David, I'm going to leave this to you because I feel like you know this better than me. What's going on with the MLB players and the owners right now? Uh, well, it's not pretty. Uh, I mean, they've, as everyone probably knows, they've been going back and forth on offers and counter offers, And basically the owners are just, you know, putting lipstick on a pig here with their, with their offer and just you know, putting it, putting camouflage on it and disguising it, but it's basically the same offer every time. The latest one today uh, was for a 76 game season 
and it would pay the players 75% of the full prorated salary uh, with, you know, a few other details up to eight playoff teams per league. Uh, high risk individuals can sit out if they choose and still get paid. Uh, but the players are not having it. Uh, they want the full prorated salaries, which was agreed upon in March. Uh, so the stalemate continues basically. And I don't see either side backing down. And, and frankly, the most concerning thing for me is the lack of the sense of urgency because they've already wasted the chance to start on July 4th. Uh, now they're trying to get July 10th, but you know, at this pace, the, the season may not start until October. I mean, they're just not doing anything quickly and it's, it's, it's concerning. When you have someone in charge like Rob Manfred, I'm not surprised that this is taking as long as it's really been. I mean, he's the commissioner of baseball and he has all the power out there and it looks like he's just sitting back. I don't know if he's drinking his wine, staring at his fireplace, but this is just pathetic. I mean, the NBA's figured it out. NHL's really figured it out. NFL looks like they're on the same pace, but MLB right now, the separation between the owners and players right now could not be more far apart. Yeah. I mean, you, you just see all the, you know, their tweets, you know, Trevor Bauer, all these guys just, you know, tweeting gifts of disappointment. And, and, you know, I think Flaherty tweeted, this is a joke. Uh, so there, I just don't see any progress. And, and frankly, I think it's just going to come down to Manfred, you know, issuing his mandate of a 48, 50 game season. Yeah. I guess where I'm in the dark and still, I haven't bothered to really look too deeply when that last point you just made, um, David is the, the mandate what happens if the players just don't want to do that that's that's where it gets tricky you know um because i don't think i mean they certainly wouldn't have to pay them if the players you know just said no um but i i honestly don't know what would happen i mean they could go on strike they could you know get in position for the uh the cba which expires in 2021 i believe uh but but personally i don't see them saying no uh, strictly because I think they would rather do that than not get paid at all. And, you know, especially with the looming possibility of a, you know, this happening again in, in another year, I mean, that would be two years of salaries not, not being paid out. And a lot of these guys are in their prime, you know, young guys may never get another chance to get paid like this in their lives. So frankly, I don't see them saying no to it. I think they're just holding out as, as long as they can in the hopes that they get the the full prorated salaries, which, which another point, if, you know, the mandate does happen, it would be for the full prorated amount. Uh, and I, I read something that basically said the offer today would pay them basically a slightly more than if, if the mandated 48 season happened, 48 game season happened. So I, I you know, there's, if I was the players union, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to accept this latest offer either. <laughs> no, that it was just. I guess my question was answered there in your explanation. Is who has the leverage in that case? And it sounds like the players, because of the fact that the salary, as it as it stands now, with the offer versus the mandate, um, is pretty similar. So now they can push back and say, "Hey, worst case scenario for us, we're going to get a little bit less than what you're offering now, but let's just push back as much as we could." Yeah, I, I mean, the, they both have some leverage to some degree. I mean, obviously the owners you know, hold the cards. Uh, they always will. So I think the players are just, they don't want to get bullied. And they're looking at this as a, as a, as a, 
you know, an indicator of the future possibly. Uh, so they're just going to stand up as, as long as they can and, and not take anything less than, you know, a hundred percent of the full prorated salaries. Okay. Well, here we are in the month of June yet to have any baseball action. Had the season started when it was supposed to back in March, we'd already have had over 60 games played by now. We should be brainstorming trade deadline candidates at this point, but the timeline of this back and forth of the games proposed, I really like the 82 game season format. And then when the players tried to counter with that 114 games, that just seemed a little unreasonable. But as David mentioned earlier, that number 48, if the season ends up being a 48 game season, I don't know how excited I'm going to be, to be honest. For at this point, I'll take whatever, whatever we get. Uh, like you said, we've, we've already wasted months. Um, and, you know, I've heard a lot of people, and I know you're one of those people, Kevin, who say that a 48-game season, you know, would come with an asterisk. But you can, you can have that opinion all you want. But when, you, when, when someone crosses the line it is when they say that it's more of an asterisk than 2017. If they played a five-game season this year and a World Series champion was crowned after that, that would be more legitimate than the 2017 World Series title. That's where I, that's where I draw the line. Okay. Well, I don't think anyone's going to go that far. Otherwise, you might want to institutionalize yourself because that would be an insane take. But 48 games, to me, you have to put an asterisk next to that title. The Dodgers might be the lone exception just based off – how much they've been screwed over in the past. I mean, we're talking about seven years now, dating back to 2013 with Hanley Ramirez being drilled in the ribs. But pretty much any other team that's going to win a World Series in a 48-game season, I'm sorry, it's really hard for me to take you serious. I mean, to finish at 500 in 48 games is literally 24 wins. To finish 500 in a 162-game season, we're talking about 81 wins. And even the Dodgers, some people try to compare it to 1981 when it was a lockout shortened season. They still played 106 games, but 48 games and then possibly 16 teams making the postseason where you have these one versus eight matchups. This is just becoming insanity. You know, uh, I totally see both sides of that, of the argument personally. Uh, and maybe it's just because of the immediacy and the generation we're all living in with, you know, we want something now and not wanting to wait till 2021. But I, I think I lean toward wanting something over nothing in this case. And uh, the 48 games, you know, I was talking about it with my son. I was like, how do we even, what does that even look like with respect to schedule? You know, do you play your division uh, two, three, you know, you play them once to three game series each and, you've already got, you've already exhausted a half of that season. You know what I mean? Then what, what does the remaining games look like? But I don't know. I mean, I just feel like at the end of the day, you probably do have an asterisk. And I think I side with you, David, a little more than, than Klein because you would have the asterisk, but later on people will forget it and, and it'll still be yeah, counted. Exactly. You know what I mean? It'll still be, I mean, the San Antonio Spurs in 1999, uh, the Cavalier, I'm sorry, the Heat in 2013 or whatever that was, you know, you still count those titles for those players and for those organizations. And while people and the other fan bases could totally 
point and say asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Hey, the same way we're doing to Houston and obviously the rest of Major League Baseball is doing to Houston, Houston fans, that fan base, they still claim that title even more now. Um, you know, their guards have gone up with it. And so I think I would probably be the same way as a Dodger fan. If let's say the Dodgers came out on top of one of the World Series in a season like that, I would say, hey, still a title, still counts, still had to play the game, still did what they had to do. It's almost like when you uh, win a weaker division and you make the postseason. I mean, that team doesn't have an asterisk, right? They played the games. They, they played who they had to play. They did what they had to did. And the fact of the matter is everybody's playing that same amount of games. It's not just one yep. team. You know what I mean? It's, it's the entire league. Yeah, and, and to your point on the 1981 season, Kevin, that they played 107 games, but, but this is how they did the postseason. They split the season into halves. So there was a first-half division uh, winner, and a second half division winner, and both those teams won the playoffs. What that did is the Reds and Cardinals, who had the two best records in the MLB total, but they didn't win either half of the division, so they didn't even make the playoffs. And no one ever brings that up when, right. when you know, no one even remembers that. And the Dodgers won the championship that year, but the Reds and the Cardinals didn't even make the playoffs with the two best records. So my point is no one remembers this. Obviously, 48 games is, is you know, borderline joke but you know down the road if you know this this championship winner it's it's going to count as a championship the banner is going to be hung there's going to be a trophy in the stadium and you know down the line people aren't going to you know remember this frankly very good points that you brought up but for me still my worst case scenario nightmare is a team like the san diego padres winning their first world (laughs) series going 26 and 22 coming in as like a seventh seed and just because they win a few wild games and a team like the Dodgers getting knocked out in like round two, all of a sudden the Padres are World Series champs. I'm sorry. People are going to forget as time goes on. That's definitely in these teams' favors. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's, this is just a disaster waiting to happen potentially. And It's a free-for-all is what it is. And, it, and no one is at more of a disadvantage from that than the Dodgers. Maybe the Yankees. But the Dodgers and the Yankees are built to last – for 162 game season and obviously this affects them the most uh but who knows you know if they're gonna have expanded rosters so that just makes the dodgers even more dangerous and there's less opportunities for dave roberts to screw it up so have they officially confirmed that they're going to do the three divisions of 10 teams now is that going to be agreed upon i don't think so i think they're gonna they're gonna stick with regular divisions yeah, I haven't even seen that discussed, and that, that's the big question. Because like I said, if you play your four other uh, – your division mates a three-game series each, that's 12 – you know, 12 times four, that's already 48 games there. So you just play within division? I mean, how, how does that work? It's, it's going to be a mess. I don't know how they're going to do the schedule, uh, but obviously someone's going to be at a disadvantage from it. Uh, I mean, if they keep it within the division, you know, that's a positive for the Dodgers – uh, but exactly. you got to figure, I don't even know how they can, you know, I, well, I don't think they're going to factor in, like you said, I, the math doesn't add up to play each division opponent twice. It just doesn't. Uh, so they may just, you may just have to play a division opponent, you know, in the opposing stadium and play them three times during the 48 game season. And that's it. Uh, so right. we'll see how that, we'll see how that shapes up. There's, there's a lot of unanswered questions here. Uh, and apparently the players aren't even fully on board with the, the health aspect of it yet 
so they have a lot a lot to work on. But first and foremost, once they agree on the money, they'll they'll hammer out the you know schedule and and, and health and health stuff. Yeah, that's definitely more of an impediment than the money is more than anything else. Yeah, sure. exactly. Because they, you know, at least they're on the same page on, on the health side of it. I mean, they both want everyone to be safe as, you know, as safe as possible. Whereas the money is they're on, you know, two different sides of the, the Maginot line. All right. So the universal DH is pretty much a guarantee at this point. I want to know who you guys think the Dodgers are going to use as their everyday DH. Kick it off, Frank. I, I got to think about that one. Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, you probably go – honestly, I think the Dodgers platoon with that. And then I think they play the matchup game as opposed to having one guy do it. I mean, because you're going to likely see that platoon in, in left field with Jock and Pollock. And then, you know, you, I think the DH is something similar where you're going, you know, Kike if it's lefties, if – or someone or Taylor or something like that. And then if you're, you're throwing in a lefty bat, someone like an Edwin and Rios or someone else who makes a roster from the left side. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, I think the only everyday players you're going to have on the team in general are going to be Betts, Bellinger, Turner, Muncie, and Seager. I think everything else is going to be, you know, in and out every game. Okay. Well, for me, I'm locking in AJ Pollock. I think he benefits Whoa. the most from a universal DH. And I'll tell you why the Dodgers didn't sign AJ Pollock to a five year, $60 million deal just to have him as a platoon player. I mean, they were already willing to trade jock who can't hit lefties to begin with. So, you know, he's not going to be in the lineup when a lefties on the mound. AJ Pollock would for sure be in the lineup, but with this ninth spot added in the lineup, I mean, you could go Kike, but we've seen enough years from him now to know he's not that effective as a hitter against righties. You could go Matt Beatty, but he really was not having a good spring training. But A.J. Pollock is the proven veteran who's been a starter his entire career. He had a very bad postseason, as we all know, but I'm pretty sure towards the end of 2019, he was in the lineup every day. He'll get his chances, uh, but, you know, the, the leash is going to be a lot shorter in a, if there's a 48-game season. Uh, you can't just, you know, throw him out there for two months in, in June and July like you did last year when you're, you know, 30 games up in the division. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think Pollock rebounds. Uh, but the Dodgers just – there's no consistent at-bats if you're, if you're a Dodgers player unless you're a star. That's just, that's just how they do it. Right. And hey, 48 games is right in his wheelhouse. I mean, that, that actually, <laughs> he yeah. could probably get a full season in for the first time in a while. Yeah, it bodes well for the man made of glass. <laughs> All right. Now, in terms of starting pitchers, who do you think would benefit the most from a very condensed season? Well, I think Kershaw for sure. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, we're, if we're factoring in playoffs, if he just views you know, the start of the, if they start on July 10th and he views that as, you know, opening day, then the whole postseason Kershaw noise goes away. He just has to treat right. every month like it's, you know, four months ago. So I think right. Kershaw for longevity, I think price for longevity. And also I think with the expanded rosters, I think Dustin May is going to get, you know, a, a real shot here. Uh, he, I mean, he would have probably, you know, got a shot, in a regular season as well. But now with, with these 
this basically a free for all. I think they're going to unleash him, uh, whether it be starting or, or out of the bullpen. They're not going to hold anything back. They they went all in on this year. They got bets. They're not going to you know hold anything back in terms of deploying all these guys. All right. Uh, I, yeah, I was going to say Kershaw as well, but David Price, just those guys that you know because of the the innings they have underneath their their belt already. But uh, I. If I could just switch that a little bit and say bullpen, I think Kenley is a huge benefactor mm-hmm. of, a, of a condensed shortened season and where he can kind of go high octane from, from the outset and not worry about winding down. And if you have a rejuvenated Kenley, even if he's not 2016, 2017 peak form, but anything close to that, um, man, that just d- does wonders for everybody, including the starters. Yeah, and he was looking great in spring training. The velocity was up. Everything was looking good, too. Yeah, I agree about Kenley for sure. I think the Dodgers bullpen in general will be huge beneficiaries of a shortened season. But yeah, you guys hit the nail on the head. It's Clayton Kershaw, and I'll tell you why. How many games would you estimate we're into the season by the time July rolls around? About 80? 90? Yeah, about half half a season, basically. All right, well, Clayton Kershaw in the month of July – that is actually his best month of his entire career. He's pitched 53 games. He's 33-7 and seven with a 170 ERA. So, for me, I'm looking kind of down the line here, and I think if the Dodgers are able to get into the postseason, we're talking about Kershaw entering his best stretch typically come postseason time. Mm-hmm. So, basically, that would be his July month whenever we yeah. have the postseason this season. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a free for all. Who? No one knows what, how this is. How the players are going to respond to this? You know, who's going to play well? You know. Also, we're not talking about the fact that there's going to be no fans in the stadium. We don't know how that's going to affect the players. It's basically just a, you know, put them out there and see what happens. It, it, literally, any team can win the World Series this year. Maybe not the Marlins, but everyone else. Man, yeah, I was to the Marlins popped right in my head. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a team like the Marlins. They could be randomly sneaky good in a very short season if they start white hot like the Mariners did a year ago. And Jeter, Jeter puts on the uniform for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, Jeter on retires. <laughs> but I, I still think if every team just sticks to their divisions, a team like the Yankees, they're just going to smash their way, get an easy postseason berth. Dodgers, if they just play the NLS, there's no excuse for them to go anything worse than like 36 and 12, they should just really wipe the floor with the Giants, Padres, Rockies. I mean, maybe Arizona will give them a little bit of a fits because they have Mad Bum and Cole Calhoun now, but I still think the Dodgers should have their way with all those teams. It's going to be interesting. I mean, who knows what we're going to get? I mean, the Dodgers historically, except for, you know, one of these last two years have always started a little slow. So we'll, we'll see if they can, you know, break out of that. Yeah, I mean, I'd look at – I'm sorry, before you go, I'd just look at the potential of the Dodgers being that team that sneaks in after a slow start, maybe a la 2018, something like that, and then they make a magical run and pull it out, put a rabbit out of their hat kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this, Frank. This is a common theme here on the incline. What is your okay. thoughts on Austin Barnes? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a theme? Uh, it's a war. Like, I have a soft – I have a soft spot, um, I think like most, I would imagine, for local guys. And I mean, Riverside is, is you know, it's pretty local. 
it's the Inland Empire. And so, you know, it's a nice story when a local guy plays for the hometown team, or at least the team that's closest to his hometown, right? And so that's neat. And so when he uh, stole the job from Yasumani Grandal going into 2017 postseason, I was excited for him, uh, especially for undersized guys. You know, I'm a shorter guy, so uh, I always appreciate the undersized guy. And so storyline-wise, great. But, you know, it, 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 he overperformed. I think it's safe to say he definitely overperformed that particular run. And everything outside of that particular season, he's, he's been mediocre at best. Uh, calls a good game. You know, he's athletic and versatile and whatnot, but it's just not really good with the bat. So if you're asking my opinion on him as a player or as an option and, like, where should he be on the roster and whatnot, at this point there isn't a really good backup for Will Smith. So you kind of got to carry Austin Barnes. But overall, I think that if you could part ways with them and find somebody a little more valuable, it's probably good for the Dodgers to do that. All right. Well, you heard it here very, first. That was very rational. You heard it here first. In, a, in 2020, Austin Barnes is going to be the primary catcher come <laughs> postseason. I heard, that, I heard you say that on one of your episodes, actually. Okay. I, I don't know I why Kevin is so obsessed with making Austin Barnes work. Um, but he will never work. He's, I'm sure he's a great guy. He's a good teammate. He calls a good game. Uh, but he will never be the primary catcher of the Dodgers long term. He hit under 200. It, it was infuriating to watch him at the plate. Uh, and I just – I can never get on the Austin Barnes train, and I never will. To keep it short and simple, when Barnes is the catchers, when Barnes is the catcher – the Dodgers are in the World Series. When he's not the catcher, they don't even make the World Series. We'll see. I believe in Smith. Wow. That is the hottest of takes there, Kevin. <laughs> it might be hot, but it's true. <laughs> we'll see. I hope not. All right. David, why don't you segue, your, segue this into the out of left field for us? All right. Um, my out of left field is – Something that has bothered me for a long time, and it's astrology. Astrology is the biggest hoax and cop-out <laughs> for people justifying how they act of all time. Like, uh, I'm sorry, you don't act a certain way because you were born in, I don't know, June, and Venus was in retrograde. Like, are people actually serious with this right now like that is the biggest load of crap i've ever heard maybe in my entire life i'm sorry i i mean you can you can i, I love space and i love the stars but if you're actually going to sit here and tell me that so and so is acting this type of way because he's a i don't know aquarius then like i i lose respect i i just can't take you seriously and astrology is beyond stupid and everyone needs to just stop with astrology like uh, like seriously i mean because mars or venus is in retrograde like get get real here people like come on all right uh, do we do we chime in on that do we do we respond please, please. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I don't know that i'd ever would need to go on a rant uh, about it like you just did <laughs> but but it, i i mean i'm with you i, I think astrology is kind of like for bored housewives and you know like type of situation i don't know that you know you read the and talk about it there are people that are housewives or anyone else that's prone to gossip and prone to just uh boredom and trying to make entertainment out of out of nothing 
or out of boredom situations. And it's something that fills a void for those types. And I, I think that's what it is. It's obviously pseudoscience. It's obviously nothing that's rooted in any kind of evidence or, or factual. So if there's anything that bothers me with respect to horoscope and astrology in general is uh, a lot of the people that uh, are self-proclaimed into science and really big on the science, especially with, you know, let's say political matters and things that are going on in our, in our own society today and whatnot are the same ones that will buy into hook, line and sinker the astrology and the horoscopes and all that kind of stuff. So it, it seems like a contradiction to me. Yeah. And another thing I forgot to say that, that one astrology app that like you always see, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like, it's an app and it sends you like a little message for the day. It's like, come on. Like you're really going to listen to that thing. That's just like, <laughs> that's going to like dictate your day. And like, you're going to like go off of that. Like, please. Not just your day, but who you date. Who, yeah. Like, you're, Are you serious? <laughs> like, you're letting a programmed app, like, dictate, like, ooh, like, I better do that. Like, oh, this app told, like, I knew it. Like, the app knew it. It's like, no, it didn't. Just live your own life. You don't need to know about Venus being in retrograde. Yeah, retrograde in and of itself is something funny. So, <laughs> I'm yeah. with you on that, man. All right. Well, what David was saying kind of fits what my narrative is, and I think – my little out out of left field is going to be the thing that's been holding Twitter together was sports. And without sports, the training wheels have just completely fallen off. Going on Twitter every morning now is kind of like walking through a graveyard. It's become a really dark and depressing place. I'm all for people expressing <laughs> their viewpoints. But when you start to go at people every day and having to block them because they have a difference of opinion, just take a chill pill, man why don't we all just get along instead of trying to be a very divisive platform. So I'm just really hoping sports come back soon because it's having a lot of people show their true colors. Yeah. I am with you on that one. Uh, you know, sports needs to come back. It's, it's, it's rough out there right now. I like that. I'm with it. So do I, do I come out of left field as well with something? Please do. Okay. Uh, this just came to me kind of, uh, as, as Kevin was mentioning his, but I would say this, uh, because we're in a, and I think you guys are a little bit younger than me. Uh, I'm in my mid thirties now. Um, and so, but I'm still at that North end of the millennial generation, so to speak. So, you know, I, I stay claim to that, but <laughs> the generation we've all grown up with, you know, uh, uh, being social media driven and technology and all the different things like that. I would say this, uh, and it ties in a little bit to what Kevin was saying. It's maturity. And it's something I appreciate about you guys. And something that made me tune into your guys is when you launched this podcast is uh, I've appreciated the maturity that you guys have bring to the table, especially for your ages. Um, but I, I think I shouldn't have that qualifier for your ages, just the maturity in general that you guys have. And uh, I would say that if you need validation, if you need to uh, express or find or, uh, or, or feel mature based off of anything that has to do with Twitter Instagram or any other social media platform, then that's a clear sign that there is a lack of maturity there because it, none of it is real life. Instagram mm -hmm. is not real life. Those photos are not real life. I mean, you talk about apps earlier. How many editing apps are used before somebody throws their photo and they finally feel confident enough to put their photo up on Instagram, right? 
and selfie and whatnot. And it's, it's not even a real representation. And that's the same case with the happiness and all. Everyone's always going to show the best in themselves on social media, right? They're going to show the best photos, their best comments, their, you know, uh, filtered uh, content. This is what's going to make it onto their final post, right? And so just that comparison sake and people comparing themselves and finding validation in social media in general and needing that to fill some kind of void outside of simple entertainment, outside of just simple time killer even, I think is a clear indication of a lack of maturity. And in, in my opinion, a clear indication that maybe you should spend some time away from that and working on developing your own self uh, before you get into it. And I think that's what opens the door for things like astrology.com and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I agree for sure. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? We got a few minutes left. I just, I, they need to just get this deal done. Uh, they're losing, people are losing patience. And I've already seen a lot of people say, I don't even care anymore. Just, just move it on to next season. And that's the thing that MLB is, is ignoring is the opportunity they have to be the first sport to come back and to gain fans. And they're just completely turning a blind eye to that. Um, it's, you know, it's the best analogy I, I came up with uh, in one of my articles I actually just posted today is it's, it's a low hanging fruit. Uh, that's right there on the tree and the owners are turned around in the other direction with a blindfold casting their fishing lines in a dried up lake. And it's so obvious from like my perspective, how this could be a positive and how they could, you know, eat the short-term losses in favor of what they could gain from starting up right now. And it's, it's really sad to see how short-sighted they are. Um, but you know, money is always going to be the number one factor. And, and that's, that's what they're showing to all the fans right now. And it's, it's kind of sad, but there, there will be a season. You can take that to the bank a hundred percent. There's going to be a season. It's just not going to be, you know, a normal season by any means. Right on. I agree with that. And I'm hoping for the same something. I will say though, before I go, uh, uh, Kevin, I, I, gained an appreciation for your take about the, the DH potentially being the daughter's worst nightmare, as you described it in a previous article you wrote. Uh -huh. um, I still disagree with it, <laughs> but I think I know where you're coming from now. And I understand the point. I must say, I didn't ever get to uh, clarify that. And uh, since I'm here, David, I am with you hundred percent on the headlight situation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. Yes. You're so damn bright. Turn the headlights off. These companies. Yeah, what did you say? Out. We've reached peak lumens on headlights. Yeah, peak like, lumens, peak wattage. Let's just chill. Everyone needs to chill. Our eyes can't take it anymore. Yeah, I'm with that. Thank you, Frank, for coming on to the podcast today. We had a blast. Hope, Looking forward to collaborating in the future. Maybe we'll come on the Let's Be Frank podcast very soon once season gets underway, hopefully. Yeah, anytime. Happy to do it. And the whole nightmare thing, that was just to bait people, I'll be honest, but... Yeah, that was no a, that was some debate. It wink. I triggered triggered some people out there. Let's just go with that. But all right, everyone, thank you for listening to the incline, and we're out. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Frank.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.